2: Today on Parts Per Billion, we go a little deeper into some headlines you might have seen recently and figure out exactly what's going on with the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Hello and welcome back yet again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So today we're going to bring you an update on an episode we ran about three months ago, Back then, Bloomberg News reporter Jennifer DeLui told you guys about how the Trump administration might try to auction off oil drilling contracts for the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. For those of you who are unfamiliar, this area, also known as ANWR, is millions of acres of wilderness in northeastern Alaska that may contain a motherload of oil and gas reserves. The federal government has been debating about whether to allow drilling in this environmentally sensitive area for a long time, like a really, really long time. Don't believe me, here's President Obama in 2015. It supports caribou and polar bears, all manner of marine life. Countless. And here's Alaska it's Senator Lisa Murkowski in 2009. Uh,
1: drilling operations in Arctic waters.
2: And here's former House Speaker John Boehner in 2008. Uh, they're going to great lengths uh, to ensure. Uh, that uh, that they can produce this oil in an environmentally sound way. And here is current House Speaker Nancy Pelosi also 2008.
0: You have the go ahead
1: to drill here. Why do you want to drill in the Anwar? Any,
2: any... One more. Here's former VP nominee and then Senator Joe Lieberman in 2005. One of the reasons I wanted
1: to go to the Senate was to fight to protect the Arctic refuge, the Arctic
2: plain. Here's President George W. Bush in 2001. And bring more energy into the
0: marketplace, and a good place to look is going to be Anwar.
2: And here's Joe Lieberman again, but this time all the way back in 1991. In all of that, our capacity to produce the kind of oil we're going to get out of uh, the refuge at its most optimistic will be a minuscule fact. So you might be asking yourself, why is this time different? Well, a few months ago, Jennifer said the Interior Department announced it planned to auction off the rights to drill in Anwar as early as this year. Now, in the past few days, it's taken concrete steps to do exactly that. But unlike three months ago, now the administration has a bit of a tight deadline to get this done. I invited Jennifer back on the podcast to talk about the latest developments with Anwar and also to talk about why even if the Trump administration meets its deadline, drilling in this Arctic tundra may never actually happen. So, Jen DeLouis, you were on the show back in August. Uh, we were talking about uh, Anwar. Uh, and uh, now you're back here again, and we're talking about Anwar. Uh, What has changed in the last few days? Can you give us an update?
1: Absolutely. So back in August, the Trump administration was laying the foundation for a future sale of Arctic oil leases, and now it's actively charting a sale that could occur uh, just days before President-elect Joe Biden takes office. On Monday, the Interior Department issued what's known as a call for nominations uh, that asks oil companies to nominate tracks that should be up for grabs in a future lease sale and gave them basically 30 days to respond. Uh, But a sale is no sure thing. Uh, Even if an auction is held before the swearing-in at noon on January 20th, it's not clear the Bureau of Land Management can actually get through a post-sale process of vetting, high bidders, and actually award those leases. And that's critical because if these leases are formally awarded, the Biden administration has less room to maneuver and make good on his pledge to permanently protect the refuge.
2: So I want to get into more about the refuge itself, but I noticed that you mentioned the time of the inauguration on noon on uh, the 20th. It, could that be a factor? Could they actually do an auction like, At 9 a.m. that day
1: (laughs) that might be cutting it a little close but i would not rule out activity that day to uh, get done with leases i mean just to give you a sense of how tight this timetable is interior just uh signaled to a federal court that they won't issue a notice of sale until after the call for nominations period is over so that's december 17th at the earliest and they have to wait so they have to wait at least 30 days after that to hold a sale Making the earliest auction possibility January seventeenth, but that's a Sunday, and the day after that is a holiday, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, so unless they decide to do a notice of sale sometime in the next couple of weeks, that looks like a two-day margin to hold a sale and undergo a post-auction vetting of high bidders that uh, you know usually takes a couple months and involves multiple agencies. Um, so you know they're under the gun here; they know it. Uh, but even uh, sympathetic uh, supporters of Arctic drilling who have worked in the Interior Department have told me they don't quite know how they get it done.
2: So, you know, we're, we're talking about trying to get it done before uh, President-elect uh, Biden takes office and potentially hours before President-elect Biden takes office. Um, but is there another factor going on here in terms of timing? Because I, I get the sense that, you know, the last time that you and I talked— Uh, You mentioned that there's a congressional deadline here. This is a legal deadline that's in a law. Um, you know, is that also playing a role here? Uh,
1: Absolutely. You're right. Uh, Congress in the 2017 tax overhaul mandated that uh, the Interior Department hold two lease sales of uh, tracks on the refuge's coastal plain, one by December 2021 and another by December 2024. Uh, Opponents of Arctic drilling are plotting ways they think the Biden administration can maneuver around that requirement without ever issuing a lease, but it's not clear that they'll be successful. And, And regardless, Regardless, this is something that the Biden administration will have to deal with. These dates are codified in law.
2: So we're talking about, um, you know, a real race against the clock here. Uh, but so it's possible that they could just the administration could just run out of time. But let's say uh, they don't. Are there other things that could scuttle the the auctions here? Could a court step in? Could Congress step in? Uh, are there other uh, outside parties?
1: So absolutely, a court could step in. And that's probably the highest uh, risk for the Trump Interior Department. Uh, there are currently several pending legal challenges to aspects of this leasing program. And uh, you can bet that environmentalist and indigenous groups will be going to court to seek an injunction blocking any sale that the Interior Department. Authorizes.
0: Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more.
2: Before we get into what's going to happen after noon on January 20th, um, let's talk about who wants the rights to drill for oil in Alaska. You know, oil prices are not as low as they were earlier this year, but they're still really low. Uh, And as we talked about three months ago, it is not easy to drill for oil in this part of the world who Who is clamoring to, to get the rights to, to drill here?
1: Right. I mean, so that's the big mystery. Uh, well, there are two mysteries here, really. Uh, you know, it's who is clamoring for these rights to drill and why the heck do they want them? Uh, and, and uh, you know, the operational costs on the refuge are really, really high. Um, this is an area that is just uh, it's difficult to operate in and, and costly to operate in and uh, The low price of crude may endure for some time. The reality is under the Biden administration, uh, a a leaseholder is not likely to get permits over the next four years. So so all of those things are obstacles. And and that's not even mentioning, by the way, the the black eye publicly that uh, any leaseholder is going to take. I mean, uh, Arctic drilling is not popular with the entire public and uh and activists have warned oil companies that if they bid they are risking real reputational damage uh to their brand and their reputation. So so that's all a factor. So so then I have to think, you know, you have to think why do these folks why would anyone bid for these uh tracks? And there's there's a few schools of thought, but one is they're bidding on a post Biden future four years down the line where maybe a friendlier administration will allow them to drill. There's also the possibility that, uh, Folks who win leases can uh, challenge inaction by a Biden Interior Department on those leases and essentially force a legal settlement where that those rights are bought out from under them or bought back by the federal government. Uh, also, these leases potentially could add to companies' uh, oil reserves, the, the, the assets that they can book. So there's some opportunity there to, to add to your assets, maybe, and that could be one factor. But... Ultimately, we may be talking about leases that go for two dollars an acre. That that's relatively cheap if they want to buy them, uh, even given all these headaches and problems.
2: I think that's that's not just relatively cheap. That's uh, cheap in, in any sense of the word. Um, and but I really I'm I'm glad you brought up the reputational risk because that was another thing that I got from your reporting that I thought was really interesting. That there are even several banks that have publicly committed to not lend to any company that is drilling in this refuge. I mean, it's, it just sounds like it'd be so hard, like the price of crude would have to be so high to justify the the costs of doing this, right? I mean, I guess, and I mean, it's not out of the question that we could see high crude prices again, but I mean, how, wow, how high would they have to be, right?
1: Right. I mean, I think the the oil companies and, and people in the industry will say, and analysts will say that, you know, these are not, uh, this is not something that would go into operation four years or even 10 years down the line. So what they're doing here is charting uh Oil development and production that might happen, you know, a decade or two decades down the road. Uh, So the question isn't really what the oil prices are today, but of course, twenty years from now. So it is, of course, conceivable that you know we're looking at triple-digit prices uh, in 2040. But it's also conceivable that the world will be moving on from oil and uh, will be even more aggressively looking for non-fossil alternatives to power our cars and our homes. So, uh, you know, these are all calculations that. That these companies have to
2: be making. But finally, let's uh, move back to the uh, more short, the shorter term than uh, 2040. So uh, let's say the Trump administration wins its race against the clock and is able to get these auction, you know, these the auction off these rights before, uh, you know, inauguration. You hinted at this earlier, but I want to get a little bit more deeply into this. It sounds like there's still a lot of tools that the Biden administration would have to Prevent this from moving forward. Can you talk a little bit about that, about what the Biden administration could do?
1: Right. You know, if the leases are sold before Biden takes office, these oil companies have in their hands a contract with the government, and that gives them some rights. But that piece of paper is not a guarantee they'll ever get to drill. And uh, activists and uh, others who are informing the Biden transition team are very aware of that. Uh, these companies will need a slew of permits to mount operations. So that includes, of course, a drilling approval, but it also includes Clean Air Act authorizations, animal take permits, rights of way, uh, just a slew of authorizations. And every single one of those under a Biden administration that is not inclined to let these folks drill will become an obstacle. So there's no reason to think they'll get any of these permits. And even if the Interior Department and other agencies under Biden just move slowly on every one of these steps, that could block activity for years. A smart analyst uh, reminded folks Monday that slow can also mean no.
2: That's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use the handle at environment. Just that, at environment. I, myself, am at David B. Schultz. If you want to discuss anything with me today's episode of parts per billion was produced by myself and josh block parts per billion was created by jessica coombs and rachel daigle music for today's episode is a message by jazar and dash rhythm by jamie wilder and Johann sebastian bach they were used under a creative commons license thank you everyone for listening
0: Those nine justices in Washington, they can be pretty hard to keep track of. That's where we come in.
2: I'm Jordan Rubin.
0: And I'm Kimberly Robinson.
2: On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, we give you a week-by-week counting of the Supreme Court.
0: The filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more.
2: So check in on Fridays with Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon at the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.